from Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Welcome to the Bone Cave. I'm Brian Maiman, and uh, I'm joined today by the great mountain man, mountain man Brian Martin, Brad Dana, hashtag 393. Um, still just a giant bull. Think about it all the time. People ask me everywhere, hey, didn't you guys kill a giant bull? Yes, we, well, we did, but Brad did, but he passed on it in the morning. But go back to the episode that we talk about that, and you'll laugh because that was really dumb. But we <laughs> did kill him, so, but that's okay. Um, but I'm joined with Brad Dana Day, and to my left, Bleep, also known outside of Rolling Bones as Brian Leslie. And that's episode 27, if anybody wants to listen to Brad's elk episode. <laughs> episode 27. I like it. No, you know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful that this podcast started because it took us an hour and 10 minutes. We had a lot get, to talk about. To get to for the. God's sakes. It's like we haven't seen each other for like 10 months. Well, we've been busy running around. So hunting all over. So anyway, today we're going to talk about traditions. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, you should be listening to this if you're a, if you're a tuned in Thursday morning listener, because by the way, I was going to say this last week and I forgot to, um, we release our podcast Thursday morning between somewhere between seven o'clock and nine o'clock mountain daylight time. Okay. Um, is that right? Bleep? It's a four thirty AM mountain time. Oh, there you go. Well, my ass doesn't see them until about seven to nine because <laughs> I literally because Brett Miller is always probably calling me like 450 uh, you know he's trying to find out I, I think he runs the odds at when I'll answer but literally I put my phone away because otherwise I wake up in the morning on I mean you know I try to make a habit of getting it out well, of my life it's 730 on the east coast so okay 730 on the east coast so there I hit it right somewhere yeah all right. So anyway, uh, make sure you plug in. But this one's a happy Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We hope you're having a great day with friends and family and enjoying yourself. We here are all thankful for you, for listening, for supporting us, for being in business with us, for doing business with us, for being a part of our community. It means a lot to us, and we sure enjoy bringing you everything we do bring you. So, um, But we're going to talk about traditions today, and we're going to um, – one of the – topics with traditions we're going to talk about what we did around the holidays when it relates to hunting but we're also going to uh i guess in in interject or put in or place in the uh conversation our first buck we thought that'd be a pretty cool idea and uh um where you were what what it was how it worked and all that so i'll never forget where i was on my first buck and uh um and uh, it was uh, a good day. So um, anyway, that's what we're going to talk about. And traditions are pretty cool. For me personally, um, growing up in Iowa, it involved pheasant hunting. So, you know. Um, nice. and that's did, you, did you have a dog? Did I you did. have a bird dog? Yeah, I, I, I didn't have a bird dog. I had a coon hound and it got shot. And did then, you bring uh, your coon hound I bird had, hunting? No, but I did have a bird dog, uh, but it never they made eat it, the bird. It never usually. made it bird hunting because it got that would be over. loud. It got ran over. So I I got a Springer my junior year, and uh, a buddy of mine came out to park in 
our driveway to go bow hunting and I was already out bow hunting and I came back and my dog was dead. So I uh, couldn't afford another one because, uh, you know, you don't have a lot of money growing up on a farm in Iowa in the 80s. Um, you know, my dad didn't work for If you lived by Bo, any reserve, you could always add extra dogs. <laughs> Bo was half Iowa. Was wow. he half Iowa? Yeah, because Jetta was, Jetta was an Iowa dog. So, so yeah, I didn't. But, uh, um, but I had a little brother that was good at flushing shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so no, um, we didn't. But, uh, yeah, so Thanksgiving is uh, um, one of those times a year that in Iowa, hunting season's just ramping up because you, you don't have, first, first of all, you don't have a rifle season, okay? You have a shotgun season, okay? So bow hunting is very prevalent. You know, that's what you do is you're a bow hunter because uh, that's when the rut's going on. And so right now it is full-on uh, archery, bow hunting, or full-on pheasant hunting. Now, things have changed over the last uh, five or ten years since I was in high school. No, um, things have changed over the last 30 years. And um, with, uh, you know, the, I guess, ethanol world and corn and right. renewable energy, um, if there is a uh, fence row, a slough, an old railroad track, um, it's it's plowed under, and, and you don't have you don't have much. In, there's no there's probably no CRP or anything. Very little, very little, very little. Too Brad. high, tell you, too high yields out there. Yeah, because for CRP. right now, and even the corn in subsidies South Dakota, are just you know, there's no way they're going to not be because there's there's a couple of programs. There's CRP, and then there's a CSP or something that's that's a newer one that I'm that I'm just getting acquainted with. But they can use that land. But like Jason, he leaves. He plants extra trees, and it's kind of cool. A lot so, of them do the no-till, too, so that leaves a little more cover. Yeah. So Yeah, those big air seeders that put in the fertilizer and everything at one pass. Yeah, so, well, for me as a kid, though, growing up, there was a lot of cover, and we always had a field that, uh, um, uh, you know, Larry was always going to do something with but never did shit with, so it always grew up with a lot of cover, and there was always a handful of pheasants on there. So, so it was not uncommon. I remember many of uh, Thanksgiving days that I would go out with my little brother. My older brother wasn't much of a hunter. Um, I'd take my little brother out, and uh, um, and we'd go kill a pheasant. I was there the first day my little brother killed his first pheasant. Um, I went and I actually bought his first shotgun with him. Uh, wow. Single shot, uh, or no, yeah, a single shot savage. And I watched him kill a pheasant so with it. So you guys would get up? And in Iowa, you you can start hunting early too. Like South Dakota, it's a gentleman's sport. You don't start until, well, by Thanksgiving time, you don't start until ten a.m. But you'd get up early and go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You got up right at the first light of dawn, and man, you were on those birds because they were, yeah, they were coming out of their roost, and you wanted them when they were in death's cover. And uh, yeah, it was it was time to go, brother. Um, right. Yeah. So that was your deal, and then you'd come home and eat lunch. Uh, yeah, we'd have big dinner and then then hang out. And what did uh, you guys do for dinner? And then in the evenings, I would usually go bow hunting. I, I would go crawl in a tree stand on Thanksgiving Day, and uh, you know, hopefully a deer passed by and uh, um, stick an arrow in one. So right, that was it. And you know what else? And we just usually started our trapping season about Thanksgiving too. So um, we were usually I was hanging out traps. It was Thanksgiving was a big big time for us because. Yeah. We usually got a day, day and a half off of work, and when you d weren't uh, putting in fence, you weren't, you know, uh, shoveling horse crap, you weren't putting up hay. It was it time was, to play. It, it was uh, um, it was a time that that everybody took a knee, and it was uh, big. Yeah, it was super big. So, well, this was my first year of not having a dog in 29 years for pheasant season. 
So that was weird. And you've hunted without a dog always then, huh? Yeah, no, we had dogs later. Somebody else had um, dogs. Um, my, my brother had uh, some German short hairs that were amazing pointers. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, boy, we would knock the stink out of birds with that. The, he had two of them. They were amazing dogs. And, uh, and then I had some buddies with really good dogs. My best, my best man at my wedding, one of the, I had two best men. One of them, Craig Mockles, his dad had um, big duck dogs. And we, we, we would do a lot of Because you guys hunt. are really close to the Cedar River there. You hunted, there's a lot of waterfowl. Well, my, our, house, our house lived right between the Cedar and the Wapsie. So um, where I was in Rural Route 3, Waverly, Iowa. Mm-hmm. So the Cedar River was in Waverly, cuts through Waverly. And the Wapsie Pennican is over on the other side of Reedland, you know, about six, seven miles over there um, by Amishville. Um, and, uh, right? <laughs> you know right where I'm talking about. I know the well. I know it well. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. And so, you know, that's what we would do. But the other thing that for us was a big tradition was wild game was prevalent at our dinner table too. Um, we ate a lot of squirrel, fox, uh, these big red squirrels. I shot more of those than than a guy could shake a stick at. I loved hunting them. I loved hunting them. And uh, um, I, I would fill the freezer with those big squirrels. And my mom would make uh, – um, she, she, oh, man, she made so many things with squirrel. But we also would do uh, um, like a jalapeno popper out of the pheasant breasts. Yeah. And, and then we had duck and goose for Thanksgiving. Hmm. And, um, and they were domestic. Um, oh, they were. They were domestic, yep. But, but we raised geese, chickens, ducks, rabbits. We had everything on the, that little farm. And uh, um, but my mom, I love duck. I, there was nothing better that I loved more than a roasted duck. My wife and her All family always did duck. Yeah. Oh I, man, it's not my favorite. It's not like even way down the list from my favorite. It's What's way, not way, good way, about way duck? duck? There's nothing about duck that I like. It's not a ribeye. It's kind of like free oh, range fuck. beef in Kyrgyzstan. It's, it's like I, I don't mind the whole vegetarian no. thing. Have you ever had a domestic duck? Domestic ducks are much better than wild. Yeah. You roast them. My mom used to roast them in a bag and then take them out, and then they'd be crunchy on the outside. And you'd domestic the ducks are out. much different than See, a like a duck voice. is even – They're all dark meat. It's below – it's below a vegetarian diet for me, and I can do oh a whole. My God. I can do a full-on vegetarian diet but as soon as it gets recycled like, into meat, but not duck. Duck is good with like mint jelly and stuff like that. So no, anyway, so that w- that was our tradition. And so my mom, who's, who's, my yeah. mom made the best pies, and she made them out of uh, <laughs> duck eggs. The crust. Well, you gotta know how to cook them. If you're so, gonna cook that, I mean, if if you don't know how to cook them, they're not gonna cook like a turkey. Yeah, no, that turkey's dry and gross. Duck and goose, much better. Anyway, um, goose is not dry. But here's the thing: that that's how I grew up. That's so it's, what, it's, yeah, that's it's, what you it's did. different, right? It's weird. And and you know what? Um, <laughs> I, I now that I'm sitting here talking about this, it brings back a lot of memories. And it makes me wonder, you know, like all the listeners, everybody has their own deal, right? So I can't wait to hear your guys'. And I don't know why I went first because you asked me the question, but that's what we would do. And uh, um, and then the weekend after, we would cut wood like crazy. Um, we'd start cutting wood. We'd haul in trees and cut wood, and I loved cutting wood. So Thanksgiving for me was pheasant hunting, deer hunting, getting the traps ready. Um, it was always outside until dinner was on, and then it was duck, goose, uh, pheasant for dinner. And my mom made the best pies uh, with uh, duck eggs and and uh, um, pork lard for in the uh, in the 
the pie crust, oh my God, they would be so flaky and my mouth watering right now. And we would eat until you couldn't eat no more. And then I'd go sit in a tree stand and hopefully not pass out. And everybody else watched football and I played it and I had zero, zero, zero interest in watching it. Zero interest. Zero? Zero interest in watching it. I wanted to be outside, you know. Yeah. I was getting my, my trapping baskets ready. I was getting, you know, getting out there. Time had changed. Get up in that tree stand. Get those deer coming through. It was awesome. So, yeah, that, that was me hunting, living for it. And, did you, did uh, you sit in homemade tree stands or you use tree stands that you put up? You know, really good question. Um, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. Um, and so I tried a couple homemade ones, but they sucked pretty <laughs> bad. Fall out? Um, yeah, they, they, you know, it just didn't work well for me. And, and I was hunting on the neighbor's property who was Dave Inyard, who was always really gracious. And I would go shoot rats for him. And he would say, you come shoot rats and I'll let you, uh, um, I'll let you hunt. And he would let me hunt anyway. He's just a good guy. And I, I trapped his pocket gophers all summer long. And so, anyway, um, he had a really great piece, and it was adjacent to – it was contiguous with the back of ours. So, um, yeah, I hunted my ass off back there. And uh, But, no, I had three hanging tree stands back in the day, and we would use carpet. They were homemade by somebody in town. Uh, but they were pretty good, but the seat was made of carpet. The only problem – is that sucker would hold moisture. Yeah, when it rained or snow. Oh, man, your ass was always Carpet wet. is not a good... Yeah, Carpet so was not The way to do that, though, is to tack it on the front and then let it flip over so it doesn't get rained on and well, it's the, hanging the, vertically. This was kind of cool. With the, it yeah. had a swing that opened, just yeah, yeah. like the ones do today, and you'd fold it up. And, and, and it, you know, as long as you remember to fold it up, it wasn't right. too bad, but otherwise... So, like, even yesterday, I was in... Jason's got a homemade tree stand i was in the homemade tree stand yesterday I was, yeah. looking, I was looking at the big old spikes that he drove in 30 years ago I'm like he's got the green board I'm no like, yeah, i would take those you. i would take those deer steps and twist them in and get them started and back then they they sucked and you'd try them three four times to get them started and and uh, um, yeah, and then I'd hang my own tree. My buddy Troy Sealammer fell out of a tree, uh, um, uh, putting a tree stand in and broke his arm. Um, so <laughs> it wasn't without. So some actually, a crazy lot of people have fallen out of tree stands over the years. Yeah, and so that's what we did, and and uh, that that was my Thanksgiving. Those were our traditions. My first buck, um, I did not kill in Iowa. Where'd you kill it? My first buck was your, killed. Your first buck or your first rifle buck? My first rifle buck. Yeah. Your first buck was in Iowa, wasn't it? My first buck was in um, was in uh, um, uh, Wisconsin. Your first buck was? Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. Huh. So, but, but yeah. Um, yep. It was uh, sitting up a tree stand opening morning. I was hearing shots all around me. I was on a scrape line. I bow hunted it. And uh, um, I heard crunch, 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 steady crunching. And I was like, dude, I, you know, that was before trail cameras and all this crap. So you didn't know what was coming through. And uh, um, this four by four came in. It was actually a four by five. Um, and, uh, and he came in and I was like, dude, should I shoot that thing? And um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to shoot that. And so I shot with a pump 30-06 and uh, down he went. Wow. And I drug him out two miles to the road. So that was my first buck. Cool. Yeah. A pump 30-06. Pump 30-06. So 
Yeah, I don't even know what grain bullet I was using. Jason grew up using a pump 270. I was a pump 270, and Dave had a pump 30 out six for Isn't years and years and years and years. Yeah, that was the deal. <laughs> that was the mountain gun. That was the that was the uh, um, the hunting rifle with a box mag box. Yeah, right? put it in the bottom. Yeah. yeah, that's what I had. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and then I remember I upgraded because I wanted a better bush rifle in northern Wisconsin when I when I got out of uh, college and uh, went to northern Wisconsin. Yep. And I remember I had a buddy that was a um, he was on the shooting school for Nebraska rifle shooting club. Oh. And um, he loved to reload. And so he said, dude, you need to buy a 30 because uh, I wanted a 30-30 lever action. And he goes, okay, if you buy it, I'm going to make this stuff with this special brass and all these bolts. And he geeked totally out, and he built me a few hundred rounds. And uh, um, I had that puppy. I, ha I had a good group at 200 yards, no question. That 30-30 that would just pump them out there. 30-30. And I had a 30-30, and uh, I killed a boatload of gun uh, deer with that. And then I had, uh, um, but I was a bow hunter. I wasn't even, you know, I did that because I was in Wisconsin, but I was a bow hunter, man. I just, everything I could do with my bow, I was I was shooting with a bow. Right. But so bow hunting, a lot of people, that's why bow hunting is so big in the U.S. because they grew up, they can't even hunt with a rifle in a lot of these areas. Mm -hmm. They have so to hunt with a shotgun or a bow. And so you grew up the tradition of, you know, nobody even hunted with a bow where I grew up. So in Iowa, you, you would get multiple doe tags and then you had to earn a buck. No, in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. Iowa doesn't Wisconsin. give out tags as much. Yeah, Wisconsin. When I was a kid, um, in you know, a kid in high school, uh, you could get a tag over the over the counter bow, no problem. And then shotgun, you had to apply for oh. and send in. And it was still then, you know, most people got them. I mean, because we had a lot of deer in our area. And uh, my father-in-law was my uh, hunter's safety instructor. Oh, I gotcha. And so he had some land. Milius. Milius, yep. He had some land with a couple buddies of his, and they had a big hunting party. And would do the quintessential Iowa deer drives. And I used to, before I was even new Lindley or dating her, I used to be like, oh, dude, man, what I wouldn't do to be invited to go hunt there. And it never was. <laughs> right. And I never I never, I ended up doing any of that because I didn't have a place to really shotgun hunt uh -huh. um, other than on this land. And it, once shotgun season started, the deer did not stay on where I bow hunted. You know, they got they got pushed yep. everywhere. It was a different deal. Yeah, and there was a Boy Scout camp about a mile and a half away. Oh, yeah. And they would usually winter there. Yep. And they would herd up, and uh, that's where they'd winter, and then they'd hit fields outside of it. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, after after deer season, there was just, you know, shotgun season started. There wasn't many deer around where we were. They just moved out. Yeah. So that was it. How about you? Me? Uh, my traditions are uh, basically uh, we've evolved into we ate spaghetti. I like it. That yeah. was Lindley's eyes because we had a butcher shop spaghetti for, when we um, first got married. Spaghetti for Thanksgiving. So we didn't do spaghetti. We did lasagna. Oh, yeah. We, I like your parents. And you're not even Italian. <laughs> um, my, my grandma's full-blooded Italian. Dad's oh. majority Italian, and I'm whatever. I'm, I'm, well, he's, least, he's at least a quarter if your mom was full-blooded. Yeah, no, so yeah. I'm I'm a quarter plus because I'm a so mutt. Dad I'm a mixed half. mutt on every your dad other. Dad would have been at least half. Yeah, dad's I'm half saying, plus. At least half, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Half. Dad's half plus, and I'm quarter plus. You know, whatever mutt leftovers there are. But uh, yeah, because my grandma would cook a. You know, she would uh, her sauce. It would take her a couple of days to make sauce, and then mom 
started doing that, you know, put oxtails and pig's feet and all that stuff in the Two sauce. Two days to make sauce? Oh, yeah. It's, That's it's, like more bigger bigger process than making jerky. Oh, yeah. This was a multiple-day deal where she To make it. sauce? Oh, yeah. They got Prego you can go get oh, yeah. in there's, like 30 no, seconds. There's no, it's mon- mom's it sauce Ma- is marin- really good. It was good. like a marinara sauce, right? Yeah, yeah, marinara, and it would you know be like a day and a half where it'd cook down and oh, simmer. That's insane. And, oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They started with canned peeled tomatoes. Right, right, right. Yeah, they did the real deal. Yeah, it was the real deal. So and she'd do the <laughs> great big things of it anyway that's what we would eat it's a process and uh i um, all since i was old enough to hunt uh, it was all uh we revolved we would go out in the morning locally come back and eat dinner and then we'd go out that night on thanksgiving that was our deal and then friday saturday sunday was all hunting because we had it was back in that day you could buy over-the-counter deer tags for the black hills so everybody, really? everybody had a tag. It was, but you know, 15 years ago when I got here, it wasn't hard to get a tag in the Black Hills. It was, you know, it was different. It was a mountain hunt, and you learned to hunt, and you, you know, you had to hunt. It was, it was just a whole different deal. You'd get up in the, you'd get up high, and there'd be deer running around everywhere. Now you can't beg, borrow, or steal a, a deer up high. I mean, those deer are programmed to get the heck out of the snow or something. It's just different, but. Everybody had a deer tag. In high school, everybody hunted. I mean, it was just, that was the thing. Now, you know, all those traditions have been lost because people, you know, it's like, hey, did you get a deer tag this year in the hills? No. no There's no, not the no, traditions no. like it used to be. See, no, that's no, no. crazy because northern Wisconsin, when I first moved up there, yep. it was the craziest shit in the world because they were like, okay, it's Thanksgiving, but deer season starts the, uh, the weekend before, so everybody's out of school. on right. So school's closed on that Friday. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah, they just, Wisconsin, northern Wisconsin just shuts down the school for deer season. Yeah, around here, they, they used to have deer, you know, places to hang your deer at the motels and stuff. No way. Oh, yeah. Custer, Hill City, Hot Springs, especially down in the southern hills. I mean, th- there was rat. They literally had meat poles. Oh, yeah. That's 100%. Cool. And uh, it was a big deal, you know. And, and so my family friends were the Duncans, and we always had uh thanksgiving dinner with the duncans and that was how uh, i found my mentor you know he's you know dad didn't hunt and my grandpa took me out but he was road hunting that first year and and uh randy goes no 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 i'll take your son hunting and uh off we went and you know his birthday was around the 10th of november and i mean we it was just it was awesome so we no would, kidding. So yeah, my first my first buck was in the Southern Hills with him. He was from Custer. So I think I can't remember if it was Gillette Canyon or Wildcat Gulf. Was it a good buck? It was a little four point bu- basket buck, mountain buck. You know, it was just it's cool though. Well, you know what? I was happy I sh- with it. I shot my that first year because in South Dakota it's pretty cool because you could get archery deer. You know, I had an archery tag, and I went out and. I can't even remember who I shot my first deer with. It was a muley doe with my bow. And uh, it was nice. I remember that. So it was well before <laughs> Thanksgiving, you know. And uh, I was up in the canyon, I think. And I shot my first doe there. But then I shot my first buck. Uh, that was with Randy in the hills. And I remember because we'd gone out every weekend. And, you know, then we had a five-day hunt, you know, towards – towards the Thanksgiving time. And I remember finally that 
I was on, I was sitting because we did the big drives in the mountains, you know, up here and they'd spread out on a ridge. And I, it was easier for me at that point to walk because I'd get cold sitting. But uh, unless you know what you're doing, you know, it's hard to get, you know, when you're a little kid, I was 12, I think, I, you know, it's hard to get a deer on as, as you're walking because you don't know what you're doing. Right. So I'm sitting there and it would have been the last day, uh, you know, of the, the weekend. And there comes this buck running right at me. And I had a 30, 30 and I put that gun up. Boom. I shot five times and that deer never even slowed down. And I was like, Oh, you hunted all year and you missed, how did you miss that? And I got on his tracks. Of course there was snow. It was one drop of blood. Like I, I'll follow this <laughs> forever until he runs out of blood, right? Well, that old thirty thirty, I shot him five times or whatever it was, and every bullet went. We went about fifty yards, and that buck bedded down. <laughs> there, there was piles of blood everywhere. Cause uh, you found him though. Oh yeah, I found he, he went. You know, I didn't know. I didn't give him any time. Right. I gave him. 30 seconds until I could get from where I shot to where he to was. run over his, there and go. I took up the trail. If I'd, have, if I'd have given him 10 minutes, he'd have been dead. But I pushed. I just kept pushing him, and he went a couple hundred yards. And yeah, he was and going how over. How old were you? I was 12. 12. Yeah, of course. So that's pretty cool. I got, I got on his track, and, of course, they found my track and followed me because I was like, pretty soon I shot this deer just as he's crossing this dirt. You know, it was a dirt track up there, and. He dropped right in the middle of the two track up in the mountains up there. And I was like, now what do I do, right? Because I didn't know how to, you know. Well, you're 12. Yeah. Yeah, I killed my first deer when I was 13. And my brother and I, or my, yeah, my first deer when I was 13 with a bow. And, uh, um, and we found it the next morning under a log. And I, I was like, what to do with it now? So my brother goes, hey, I got to get to work. Your ass is on your own here. Um, and so he, uh, um, he said, I'll take it to the house. So we literally just brought it to the farm, put it in the garage and I started hacking its guts out. I didn't even know what I was doing, man. I was just like, let me get those suckers out of there. Figure it out as we go. Uh, yeah. Bob Burrow came out and he's like, mm. I go, you know how to do this? He goes, and he was like four years older than me. And he's like, no, it looks like you're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> I never forget it, man. I was like sucked. So so they came up and helped you with it. Oh, yeah, everybody found me because I, you know, of course, then I can't remember how far it went, but it went several hundred yards probably by the time, you know, and they found me. It was, you know, it's, it's, the Black Hills are super easy to get lost in too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not an up and down, down out drainage. No, it's just totally different, you know. So they found my track and followed me and – course it was easy and but but i needed help i couldn't have drug that deer out well good for you yeah so good for you so you guys would go thanksgiving day oh yeah yep wow you know my son's no because i don't have a black hills tag um and and, you know they got the system so jacked up here in south dakota now it's hard to you know oh i think it's hard to be intelligent well thought out uh, process and uh, strategy that they've implemented well, but here's, rocket science. here's the neat thing is there's science, lots of opportunity, scientists, yeah. but you can only apply for two, uh, you know, two of your primary tag. Anyway, but Mason's got a tag, so we're going to go out on Thanksgiving. Well, that's our plan. And kill a deer. 
kill a deer. Mason's, I tell you what, two weekends in a row we killed bucks with Mason. Yeah. And Mason was a little disappointed. Big shout out to him. He thought he screwed up his uh, deer because he shot it back. Um, I texted you that picture because right. I got in the buggy and, you know, I'm just out of habit feeling Farting my turrets, around with your turrets, making sure they're right. And I'm like, whoa, something's not right here. When, when, when my turret, when the, when the turret lever for the, that on that loop, it's not in the right spot. It's, it's way down there. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That feels, you know, it catches your so, attention. So what happened? So I looked down and I'm like five and a half minutes. And then it just, it all, it raced right back to Mason's deer. So Mason's deer yards. that he shot the weekend before. Yeah. He squeezed the trigger off, and I was I was behind because you took Mason, mm -hmm. and you ran up and got to the vantage point where you guys could get prone. Yep. And I was 20 yards behind you. And I was well, like, he had a doe pin down in that draw 250 right. yards away. So I'm looking, and this buck is just looking and looking. And I was like, okay, shoot it, buddy. Shoot it, Mason. Shoot it. Here's your shot. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you were, it, was, it was like – It took a long time. It was like time. purgatory. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seemed like it was going slowly. Yeah. And for me, it was like I, it was like a race. You know, hold on, wait, wait, wait. But that deer was down here, that doe bedded. And then he was that, – that doe bedded right back down. Right. Wanted nothing to do with it. Because Russell, your buddy Russell, or our buddy, Russell and I are both – we both have our binoculars up on it. And we finally hear the trigger go off, the bullet whack. And we both – because <laughs> he hit it too far back. Yeah, he did, which created a little bit more right. drama than necessary. Well, then, so this is why, I mean, it's just like that poor kid, and this was a high, higher-pressure thing because we were shooting. He, he was a really nice buck. You know, mm -hmm. he's that high-60s uh, mule deer, yep. something he'll never freaking forget. And uh, um, and the thing's down there with a big frame looking right. up at him. Yeah. And and he'd killed a nice buck the, day, the weekend before, but all the time in the world we were laying prone, the buck was sleeping, yeah. yada, yada, yada. Now the buck knows we're there. He's right. got a whole different dynamics. And then the damn gun, somewhere between throwing it between the back seat, my seat up, it got moved, and it was five and a half minutes left. Well, at 200, or, you know, five minutes left. And so it was at five and a half minutes left. Yep. Yep, five and, and a half was, minutes what left. What was that, 200? 250 yards. That's 250 substantial. Yards. Yeah, that's a foot. That's substantial. That's substantial. Yeah. So now instead of hitting it in the back of the ribs. Yeah, because he was cause, cause about he was, 18 inches. And he, he felt terrible. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you're talking about first bucks. He goes, he goes, Dad, my Y-axis just wasn't. And I'm like, you are a nerd. Anyway, God bless you. My <laughs> Y-axis like, wasn't Dad, really I didn't feel good. My Y-axis. I couldn't get my Y-axis settled steady. down. <laughs> so, so I'm laughing at this kid. And I go, dude, it happens. Everybody gets excited. And then when I saw, so Saturday morning, I'm out by myself on the ranch, and I looked down, and I'm like, I felt it. I'm like, that's not right. And I looked down, and I saw, I'm like, holy, it all raced back to that yeah. moment. So I took a picture of it, and I went, damn it, you know, the poor kid, you know, because you want to have these great memories in your first bucks. And that's the first big frame deer yeah, he's ever had deer. in his scope. Super good deer. And uh, anyway, that sucked. He got, we got him, though. We, we got we him. Still, we still found yeah, it. We you found know, him. We got him. It wasn't uh, a little bit of a goat rope, but yeah, we got it was him. A little, bit, a little bit of a rodeo, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, that's a, that, you know, and, and that teaches him some stuff, too. But yep. anyway. So he's going hunting again in two days? Uh, yeah, he'll, we'll, we'll go uh, Thursday. If he gets three deer, that's like his first party going to Hugh Hefner's place before you died. He's excited. And then my, my daughter texted me. <laughs> my daughter texted today. She goes, Dad, are you going to take me hunting? I go, I have you. You have a buck tag. She's like little win. little family competition, right? So yeah. anyway, that's my my little story of my first year. Good for you. That's my tradition. Spaghetti and, and 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 a hunter was ignited. Oh yeah, it, it was lit. Well, and it's funny because I've hunted with my wife's family. They do the same thing. So 
um, my mentor, Randy, was friends with Susie's dad. So I've hunted with, I mean, their family since I was a little kid. Wow. Oh, yeah. So Susie, that's all she's known, too, is Thursday is, you know, you. you yeah, so it doesn't bother her when you say yeah, you're going. She's, it's just, it's just. It's just part of life. Yep. That was Lindley, too. Falls have always been a part of a hunter. Her dad's a huge hunter, like I said, so it was no issue. How about you, Bleep? You going to go with me next? Uh, I, yeah, why not? We'll, we'll, save, we'll right. save Martin for last. You got the microphone okay. there. Because they? he'll relate it to Hugh Hefner's uh, cabin. Okay, no doubt. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, tradition-wise, um, I think some of the earliest things I can remember – um, kind of like you, Brian, I mean, I grew up in um, um, eastern Iowa, central Iowa and eastern Iowa. And then when we lived uh, near Boone, which was just outside of Ames, between Ames <laughs> I and I know where Boone. Boone's right yeah. At, yeah. And my grandparents lived just south of Madrid, Iowa. And we would, um, Thanksgiving Day was, it was always a tradition to do pheasant hunting on Thanksgiving Day. Yep. So as long as I can remember, my, my uh, grandfather, my uncle... My dad, my brother, myself, and my cousins, and we would do drives. We'd go, and, and Grandpa had a pretty, he had a lot of, of ground. He probably had a couple of hundred acres in his farm oh, there wow, in yeah. central Iowa. And, and he would grow corn. He was a pioneer corn salesman. And so um, he had a lot of corn, and he would leave <laughs> some of the habitat there so that we would have something to, f to cover for the birds on Thanksgiving. And so there was always a good habitat, and we would drive. You know, we'd start in the morning, you know, really early, like at the crack of dawn. And it would sometimes be super cold. Sometimes we'd have drizzles. Sometimes it'd be snowing. But we would drive across the field and flush out the birds. And my dad had a German short hair. Um, I think he first got it when I was, I want to say I was nine years old. And I can remember, vividly remember this. He was teaching, training the dog himself, and he had a, a fishing pole and on the end of the fishing pole, he'd tie this white rag with a little weight on it, and he would cast that thing all over the yard. And then Freckles was her name, and Freckles would run after that, and then he'd, you know, lift it up, and he'd run it the other way, and, you know, he'd be, you know, bogeying that thing all over the yard and uh, training that dog. And, of course, they're pretty natural at it. Yeah, it's, and so, it's, uh, it's in their blood. Oh, my word. And that dog, when he knew, he knew, she knew what, rather when, when it was time to go hunting. Yeah, it's funny because always. our training method, our, our white rag was always a wing, a pheasant wing. Was it really? I, yeah. yeah. We, we, we did the same oh, method, wow. you know. <laughs> That's funny. And, and Dad method. might have too. I just didn't remember it. Yeah. But I do remember training freckles, you know, all, all year long. And then when it came to be hunting season, she just loved it. So she would ride in the truck with us. And then and we'd do a drive. And, and that dog was, was amazing. And uh, we would literally, you know, we'd come back with three or four roosters at least, and we would take them down to the basement. We'd clean them, and we would cook them for Thanksgiving dinner, and along with the turkey and a couple of roast pheasants, and we'd have that around 4.30 after we'd watched a little football. Watching football was big in our family. It was big so, in ours, too. I just yeah, didn't like it. You just didn't do it, yeah. I didn't do it. Well, but, uh, we outside. always watched Nebraska-Oklahoma the following I'm day. Sorry. Oh, that's true. That tomorrow, was always a big game. <laughs> tomorrow, it will be Go Big Red and Iowa, and I want all I of you listeners to vote uh, and to be watching and, wait a minute. and cheering wait Iowa. A minute. Big Red on wait a minute. Iowa. Wait a minute. Go Iowa. Big Hold Red. <laughs> go Big Red. Not going to go there. <laughs> well, not not the way you're going there. That's for sure. It, um 
but we would always we'd have that tradition on Thanksgiving, and it was pretty much a traditional Thanksgiving dinner, and a, a lot of stuff out of the garden that my grandma would can, and my mom did a lot of canning. We had a huge garden growing up, and and so we'd have a lot of home. Almost everything on the table was something that was grown from 100%. the land. Yep. Yeah, and that was the beans, the peas, even the pumpkins and the yes. pie, everything. Yep. And and it was uh, it was kind of a cool tradition that we had just to be able to look at that. Once in a while we'd have venison, but it was kind of left over either Ugh. from if my uncle Jim went hunting and uh, out west, he'd bring it back for us for Thanksgiving. But deer season. See, and you guys had good. I mean, this Iowa deer, it, it's not the these mountain bucks from no, South which Dakota. No, which you don't no, realize, though, deal. is yeah. a, a venison wasn't as prevalent now. Iowa's big for venison, right? All this. Venison. Yeah. It wasn't like that when, when Brian no. and I were kids. No. It wasn't like oh, that. It really yeah, wasn't. Yeah, see, like, no. Susie's, Susie's family, they, they still eat tons of deer. They can it. Yeah, you know, we it's did all, too. It's all this. Uh, it's all these yep. bucks. We canned it and put beef yep. canned. Uh, beef, I've seen that. beef, and then uh, boyens on the top. The little yeah. beef yep. thing. Cube it. Put a little fat. Seal it. My grandma would do yep. it. Yep. And then you do way. you oh, do yeah. mashed potatoes oh, yeah. and you have all this. Now the other thing, we'd have uh, venison gravy on pancakes in the morning. Oh too. no, I've never done that. Yeah, that's wow. Sorry, be awesome. I interrupted. Yeah. Go no, ahead, bleep. That's okay. But that was kind of our tradition. You know, Thanksgiving dinner. Then the next day, you know, we would. It, it was usually um, football. Sometimes we would watch uh, on television, and then, uh, or we would go hunting again, and uh, we, you know, get our limit, and then uh, we 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 do a little more pheasant hunting. Most of the time when I was growing up, you know, I had a, a twelve gauge and I had a twenty two. We would hunt a lot of squirrels, yes, a lot of squirrel hunting, rabbit hunting. We did a lot of small game and birds. We do quail and things yep. like that. But uh, then, you know, as I graduated, after graduating from high school and went to college, actually went to college in Nebraska, at York College in Nebraska, oh, yeah. then transferred to Texas where I finished in my broadcasting degree. And when I was a junior in, in college, I got a job uh, working for the TV station doing as a sports reporter. And then a year later, my senior year in college, um, I was promoted to be sports director. So I was doing the 6 and 10 o'clock news. And I had a friend of mine down there named Jerry O'Brien. And Jerry was an avid hunter, big outdoor guy, and I always wanted to do an outdoor show or at least an outdoor segment on my sportscast because I knew people in Texas loved hunting. Oh, boy. And so I brought Jerry in, and Jerry was, you know, just a real good old boy, you know, with that drawl talk real slow. You know, I'm Jerry O'Brien, and this is your outdoor report. You know, we do hunting and fishing, the whole thing. And I'd take my camera, and we'd go out with him. We'd go hog hunting, did a lot of javelina hunting. We'd do, um, you know, hunting for deer just about anything you can imagine. I would always shoot. I was shooting, so I was never, you know, ever, never behind the rifle. I yeah. was always the camera guy. Right. But we'd bring that back, and we'd have that content, and we'd do that weekly. Sh- where it'd actually be once every other week probably on an outdoor report. During fishing season, he'd do a weekly fishing report. But uh, when I left uh, Texas, I went back to Iowa, and I went to a KWWL-TV in Waterloo. Waterloo, Iowa. Yep, exactly right. So I lived in... in Friday just Night out, Heroes. Exactly right. Yep, that's the program we took from Texas, because I started that down in, in Abilene. I took it to Texas, went to Grand I Price. I knew it well. Yep. <laughs> and, and Brian was even on that show when he was a teenager and I was the sports guy. So he was out on the field, and sometimes I'd be doing a live report from Denver, Iowa, Isn't that Friday crazy? Night Football. But uh, we started uh, a, a segment called Outdoor Iowa. And so then we would do with, with the DNR, and we were working really closely with the Department of Natural Resources. And it was the, the only time... Uh, that I ever got to go pheasant hunting with Peregrine Falcon, which was, if you've never done Dude, that. Dude, I've heard it's amazing. Oh, my word. 
we had two trained peregrines, and and they were on the endangered species list at the time. And so that I, we did a story on the restoration efforts that they were making with the peregrines and, and around Dubuque and, and some of the bluffs along the Mississippi River. And so we met this guy from Mason City who saw the report, and he came down, and he brought his falcons with us. So I was out with, with uh, Rock Bridges from the DNR. I don't know if you know Rock. Great guy. I, I don't Big into Ducks Unlimited. Huge waterfowl. We've been to so many swamps together while he was dunk hunting. Right. But but Rock was a great guy. And so we went out with this, uh, I can't remember the guy, he's from Mason City. Anyway, and these trained peregrine falcons, and we were pheasant hunting with them. And so we would drive, and he'd have a dog. The dog would flush the bird. First of all, the falcons were up, up above us, circling. Okay? So they were always overhead, just flying in circles. They it were was trained. A, it was an early model drone. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. Did they have a little speaker? Yeah. And you oh, got a code uh, or something? I, I, I think I still have this yeah, video. Kick that bird's ass. Let's go. Oh, my word. You would not believe this. I mean, I do have this on video because we videotaped it for, for the segment on Outdoor Iowa. And I, to this day, remember the first pheasant that they flushed. And that bird came out of the, the brush and got about 30 feet into the air. And out of nowhere, in a stoop, this falcon came with Wham. its claws clenched like this, hit that pheasant smack in the middle of the back, broke that pheasant's back, and that thing just, it was done. Just like that. And then it went right back up, started circling again, waiting Dude. for the next one. It was the most That's amazing cool. thing you've ever seen. <laughs> and there were two of them. So if we had two birds at once, you know, they would go. Now, if it was a hen, uh, we had to really, we, and he had a whistle or something that he did to call the bird off. And the bird would hear that and it would, it would call the bird off. Wow. The, ferret, the falcon. So, Super smart yeah. birds. Yeah. So then as time went on, I met uh, Ed Gund. He was uh, the youth minister at our church. Right? And he came from Wisconsin. All right. Wisconsin. And huge hunter. And he said, Brian, you know, we got to go hunting. You know, we got to go hunting. So for the first time I ever put the camera down and actually went out with him hunting. And that was I was probably at that time, 20, I want to say I was 24 years old when we moved back to uh, to back to Iowa, 25, maybe. Really? And so the first uh, first deer season, it was in December. I remember that. And I was doing it Minnesota style, you know, with the deer slug. (laughs) You yeah. know, so hunting that way with a rifled barrel. And and he had a friend that lived between Grundy Center and Marshalltown and had quite a bit of land out there. And so he said, I got a great spot. Let's go. We scouted it a couple of times. It was edge habitat right between a field and then forest right here. So first time out there, I spotted a pretty nice buck first day out. So we knew that there were good deer. and We knew where they were bedded down. So the first day of season opened up. It was, I think it was a Saturday morning. We got up there before the sun came up. It was dark, you know, as dark could be, got in the deer stand, was waiting there. It was a cloudy day, a little bit of, of, of kind of sleep, but not much, and waited and waited and waited, passed on a couple of them, saw that same buck. It wasn't a huge buck, but for me, for me, it looked, you know, in Iowa, it would be, you know, an eight point, but a four point out here and, uh, in, in the West. And, um, this, it started snowing like super heavy. So you could barely see probably 40 or 50 feet. And the wind was kicking up and that thing was headed uh, from the field back into the forest. And I just knew that I had to, had to, it was now or never. And so I took my first shot. It was wildly off. The second shot I got, uh, I hit him uh, right in, right in, uh, right in here. Uh, it was a kill shot right in the lungs. So the deer didn't go very far. So he went maybe, I want to say 20 yards. 
Well, when I got up there closer, I found out that my first shot had actually gone into his front foot <laughs> so that he wasn't able to move. So it was actually a pretty good thing that I got him with the second shot. But the visibility wasn't well, that's really, really good, great. Man. Yeah. And so then, um, so I called Ed in, and he came in, and we we dragged, we gutted it, dragged it out, probably half a mile back to the back to the truck, took it home, hung it up in the garage. You know, and Kathy went to put her car in the garage that night, got home from work, and she couldn't put it in there. And so we butchered that on our kitchen table. Really? <laughs> Ed taught me how to do it. I'd never done it before. He said, "Here's how we're gonna do it." So we we did it, you know. And I just followed along. He said, "Do this, do this, do this." And uh, never had done anything like that in my Everybody life. Everybody needs that a mentor. First, that was, yeah, and Ed was a wonderful, wonderful man. We hudded a lot together before That's super he cool. moved back to Grundy Wisconsin. Grundy Center, Iowa. Yeah, just between Grundy Center and Marshalltown. I know right where it was at. So yeah. that's not far from, well, it's all in that same area. Yeah. So big yeah. buck country now, all those bucks. Oh, man. Man, I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, people don't realize 30 years ago it wasn't quite that way. They were yeah. they were just starting yeah. to kill some it's really all good different. bucks, and, and they really started getting into management. So that QDA, yeah. um, I remember the winter that shut everything down. It was the, I don't I forget what storm it was, but we, we had like 45 inches of snow in Cumberland on Thanksgiving, and it shut deer season down. Oh and, yeah, and those deer got a next year older than the year after that, mm. and then QDA started, and everybody was getting involved in it, and that's where you know, like Independence, uh, what's that uh, um, county in uh, South or uh, um, Wisconsin, um, oh, uh, big county down by Independence. Um, I'll think of it. Um, yeah, anyway, it's a famous it. county uh, for deer hunting. I'm embarrassed that I can't remember yeah. it, but anyway, um, all those deer came from that era. And because uh, that's when they really started getting involved in, you know, man. Yeah. So but anyway, pretty cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, yeah. And you ate on that. Dude, do you oh, like man. venison? Oh, I do. Do you? I do. Do you like venison? It was corn fed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was definitely corn fed. Do you corn like fed. venison? It's not, it's not something I can't live without. Now. Yeah. <laughs> do you like venison? <laughs> it's fine. It's all how you cook it. I think that's right. It's yeah. Yeah. You can cook it many ways, and it's not fine, but that's good. Um, <laughs> no, you, know, I, I, you know, I much prefer... You can't even, cook venison Maybe it's because like I butchered eight gazillion yeah. elk. I much prefer true. elk, moose. Uh, elk is know. great. Um, if you, ch- if you chicken elk fry is. and bread, bread it and put onions and stuff in, it doesn't taste like wild game. Yeah, if you just cook venison. it like beef, it's, it's not so good. No, you know yeah. what? It it just has a, it's it's real gamey to me. You, we did you, lots I've never and lots eaten a chiselet. beef that's as good as a T-bone um, or a ribeye. Period. Yeah, no. Anybody if who says venison, they do, yeah, yeah no, 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 it's it's a lie. You know what's cool though? You think of these guys in like Duluth, Minnesota, and and the back in the day when moose hunting was, you know, in yeah. Ontario yeah. and and all those guys. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has different traditions. The Southern Hills, being down by Custer, crawling yeah, yeah. out up in those mountains. Grundy Center, Iowa, out you know in uh, all the uh, yep. the sloughs and the and the timber draws and the yep. uh, the, yep. the shelter belts yep. and those deer just find their way out of there and got big and lived and mm. pretty cool. Yeah, so that's awesome. How yeah. about you, Mr. Martin? Well, um, since different I than all of us, much different. Since I grew up in the Midwest, we our deer season um, was if you hunted archery, archery started in around the twentieth of August and went to the twentieth of September. And so I grew up in central Oregon, north of Bend, and um, there was no really no doe hunting. And then the buck season started at the end of September or the first couple of days in October. It's like a 10, 12-day season. And you used to get a tag every year, and now you got to get draw, drawn for it. Um, and if you wanted to bow hunt the coast, 
that had a longer season. You could the longer rifle season and a longer bow season on the coast, which was like the Willamette Valley. And I went to school at OSU, so that was different. But on Thanksgiving, I always went home, typically, and we would go. I, I, so the only thing you could hunt over Thanksgiving is like birds. You could hunt chuckers, um, which are obviously native to like the Central Asia, like Pakistan and those areas. And so there are chuckers. You have a few quail. You have a few huns. Very few pheasants, but a few. And then lots of geese, Canada geese, and a few ducks in some of the neighbors' ponds. So we would always go goose hunting on Thanksgiving, usually. Um, I played football. Like, I know Brian and Brad both played football. So, you know, we went to state a couple years in both basketball and football. So hunting was hard to get away, you know, from mid-September through almost every weekend. And our coach was uh, really militant about practicing on, you know, over Christmas vacation. And but so every time we could, I would go goose hunting. And, uh, you know, upland bird hunting, we had decent dogs, but they weren't really trained. They would retrieve a bird, but mostly it was pass shooting for geese. And I would shoot with a 12-gauge. Um, and it was really fun. You know, there was bighorn sheep across the valley. So sometimes we'd get out there pass shooting. I'd sit there with my binoculars and spot the bighorns. And that's when they transplant them in the John Day River breaks. So that herd has grown up to, like, I don't know, 700 animals now. And originally started with just a few. Uh, but my first, so, and then for we always had almost always turkey. You know, and we and the nearest neighbor was two miles away, so we didn't have like huge, big fat family gatherings. We usually saved that for for Christmas, and we would do stuff with my mom's side of the family and meet different. They draw straws and who hosted Christmas, but generally Thanksgiving was just a, a close family thing with my, my sister and my parents and I. Um, and when I was in college, I still usually try and come home for Thanksgiving, although sometimes I, I I'm trying to think if I miss any. But lately, I've been overseas hunting, you know, the last multiple years for Thanksgiving. I've, I haven't had many Thanksgiving with my family since, you know, since before COVID anyway. Last year, you were with us. I was with you. We did Thanksgiving dinner with my family. Yeah, you guys had, yeah. you guys had beef. Yeah, we had prime rib. Yep. And we made a big prime rib. But later. Sign me up. Later. <laughs> time we eat. Not venison. <laughs> and we ate like kings. And then, oh, all, great. And then all Noah's uh, liberal buddies came over. Yeah, they weren't too bad though. <laughs> but anyway, but that was that was one of my first Thanksgiving I've had in a long time because I normally overseas in Asia guiding, and with COVID, you know, there was hardly anything going on. So, so I, my family tradition was either that or, you know, was with we always had turkey. Then later in life, Dad and stuff would like to do prime rib or ham. But but basically, that was more of a Christmas dinner. Turkey it was always you know you have your mashed mashed potatoes, you have your pumpkin pie. You know, you have your sweet potatoes, you have all your veggie dishes and stuffing and, you know, the normal stuff. And that was that was a whole day process of I always helped the parents with a, with the cooking. But mom and dad usually would help each other cook and, and my sister and I would help. But um, what I love to do them and they would always do some football, you know, but I've, I mean, I like watching football, but like kind of like Brian, it wasn't it wasn't as important to me probably yeah. as some people. Yeah, but it was something to do. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times the weather's really cold there. It's kind of like here; we had some pretty cold weather. Yeah, sometimes we snowmobile if we had a little bit of snow, but we had no big game hunting. We did. We we would snowmobile too a little bit. There was no big game hunting at all. And if it was miserable, then I would watch. uh, I would watch uh, football. I'd come in out of the shop and watch some football. But yeah, it wasn't like oh my god, dinner's over. I got to watch football with all the dudes. You know, I'd be like, I'm out. But my but my favorite though was the the hunting for the deer. You know, so we had good mule deer hunting on our ranch and farm, and we'd hunt my, my, my dad's sister's place and our place. And dad always had, for years, he would have his college professor would come hunting. and he would, So dad had a wildlife biology degree from college, 
And then he had another good friend that he met when he was down there at college. And those two guys would always come, and my uncle, who was a good hunter, would come. And then we would, and we, we did some big deer drives, and we hunted really serious. I mean, I remember even when I was, you know, I'd go out with him since I was could barely walk. Two, three years old, I remember when Dad shot a really big buck when I was maybe four or five. And it was a really big, a great big three-point with eye guards. And so, I mean, as soon as I could start shooting a bigger gun, a two forty-three, I was shooting a two forty-three at eight, nine years old. The, my dad's college professor gave me a Mohawk 600, which really? is a Remington 243. And I was actually reloading for it by the time I was 10. So, I mean, I... So you come tips. by all this shit naturally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and dad had a whole attic full of outdoor life magazines and stuff on Africa and Peter Hapstick. My great-grandpa stock, Reinhardt stock, he had all kinds of hunting yeah. and fishing magazines. So I, I, I was reading... That was, that was in I one, was reading... What's that? That was in one bookcase. I was reading... I'm missing something. So I was <laughs> I was reading Outdoor Life magazines at least eight years eight years before I was reading Playboy magazines. So it got uh, me after a good it. start. No, my grandpa stock would not have been watching <laughs> looking at no, no, he would not have been doing that. Not grandpa stock. No. But anyway, so he was the butcher. But so I shot my first deer. I I was off. We would do. I, I, I was walking by myself and jumped this three by four. And it did the pogo. What do you call it? What's that? What's that thing when boing, the boing, bounding? Boing, boing. But there's a boing, deer. bounding. Yeah, there's a there's a term you call for the mule deer when they're, you know, blowing out of their bed and they're you know they're pogoing. And I shot him. I think on the hit him on the third or fourth shot at about 180 yards running, and you know hit him right through the. He was going away from me. I hit him right through the liver spine, left of the spine, and kind of went in his front shoulder and dropped him. And then we never Probably drugged no the deer. blood shot trauma on that. Not much. It was a 243. <laughs> I was either shooting a. Either shooting a 95 grain um, nozzle partition or a 100 grain ballistic tip. One of the two is what I loaded for it. And um, I still remember that stuff, right? <laughs> Little 18 and a half inch barrel. Oh my God, you you were but, a rain man. But what we, the hell? But we didn't uh, drag any deer much <laughs> unless it was close and it was in the canyon. So we had to quarter it up, gut it, quarter it. We stra we'd strap like the hind quarters and, and the back straps on one pack and then the front shoulders. And the and the the rib cage and the neck and everything pack out the deer in two trips. We had those, you know, l aluminum or wooden pack frames without hip belts. <laughs> and then later on, we'd have a hip belt. We just take half the deer on one and half the deer on the other. And so my dad, would, you know, I wasn't quite big enough then to pack the whole thing, but he would take one. But and by one the, the other time guys. you were 14, you damn right you could do a whole deer. No, I don't know, but but for sure by the time I was uh, 17, 18, I could definitely do a half a deer fast. <laughs> Uh, but we had some big pack outs. Legendary shit right there. So, but yeah, so that was that was my first year and um and my first elk when I was um you know when I was like 13. So, I think in Oregon you can start when you're 12 and so I, my first elk was with a 30 out 6 and first deer with a 2 and I hunted that 243 for all my deer even though I had the 30 out 6. That 243 was nicer to shoot, right? Less recoil, smaller, faster. I still have that gun. It's a great mountain gun. And then the thirty out six became my main gun until I started getting like the six five out six and all that. But yeah, we uh, it was always big and deer elk hunting. We didn't have a elk hunting on our ranch at that point. Elk moved in later, um, just like out here. Elk you know, have the, moved in everywhere over the last. Well, the elk can handle that. They can handle the predation a lot better. So if you don't have a lot of bears and wolves, the elk do ex exceptionally well. We have a lot of coyotes, a few mountain lions, but yeah, you know, the deer hunting is still really good out there. Just don't get giant ones. Like a one sixty five is a really big deer. One seventy five, one eighty would be the biggest shot in that area probably once in a while somebody will shoot a giant but generally it's really rare and um but in our deer season is only a 10-day season so we would hunt on a saturday and sunday it always opened on a saturday and sunday we'd hunt saturday and sunday have to go to school and then i my dad would always 
get usually a big buck or have see one at some point, like say Monday or Tuesday would calm down and he would go out every day while we were at school and looking for a really big one. And a couple of times I remember he almost got a giant, got a couple really good ones, but one of the biggest bucks he ever saw got away from him. And uh, so we would go out the next weekend if we hadn't got, you know, if we hadn't got all the deer and we'd always go out and check. And then it, it lasted then a Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And I remember a couple of days, last day of the season, he got some big deer. But a couple times he shot big deer with him when I was with him. And then I, I got to where I really, because I always, everybody always hunted with a binocular, without binoculars. Like, my dad had a binocular, and one, and everybody just looked through all the deer with a rifle scope. And I, and I, I so I've been reading out to our life, Jack O'Connor, since I was seven, eight years old. I go, well, let's spot him, right? <laughs> so I remember I saved up money and got a pair of Redfield binoculars that came to high school. Redfield binoculars, yeah. I remember ten by, ten by I had a Redfield scope. 10 by 50, they cost me $200. Back that was back in, crazy. Back in like, well, I graduated. They're probably still pretty good glass today if you had them. I think I think I think Dad still had them. He used them as a spare binocular for years. But so I remember saving those, and they they finally came like the day before deer season, and to the I got them. You're the, the happiest man in the world. Oh yeah, because I would sit out there and try, and I finally got where I could spot deer, right? Because no, we never spotted anything. It was all run and gun. I remember my first pair of binoculars or Tascos, and after like an hour using them, I saw four mm-hmm. things at the end. You know what I'm saying? Just like. Yeah, so I bought those lenses tipped in. <laughs> I bought those. I, I bought those deer. I, I bought those binoculars with FF 4H and and, and FFA money. Yes. You know, so that was about two hundred dollars back then. Yeah. After after the, uh, the after the fall show. That was in nineteen eighty seven that I yep. bought those. Nineteen. So I was using like cheaper ones, you know, like the little what lever you, on them. You were fourteen. Uh, yeah, I would have started high school at fourteen, and I, I believe correct. 1987. Isn't that funny? Because clear out there, we had the same thing. Uh, A big payday for us was, you know, the fair was in the fall. Yeah. And you'd take everything to the fair and then you'd sell it at auction it. Mm -hmm. And it would get, you know, boy, I mean, my lambs would bring a lot, you know. Um, I I showed the horses, but I never never sold any of those. Um, Wish I could have sold them all. That would have been a really good. Uh, we raised hogs. I do remember this, you know, taking them to the sale barn in Boone and sell, selling the hogs. My brother and I each had one. Yeah. So then we took the money. And at the time, I think it might have been, I was probably nine years old, might have been 150 uh-huh. bucks. We yeah, thought you were that the was, richest guy on Oh, my word. Oh, my goodness. So my mom made us take half the money and buy a new suit of clothes, and we were so mad. Yeah, so that, my, well, it's funny because that's how we did our, Chris, or our, our school year shopping. Yep. We would take half of our fair money, yep. and we had to go buy our, if we wanted, otherwise it was Rustler jeans, J.C. Oh, yeah. Penny, yep. uh, tennis shoes, yep. da-da-da. That's you didn't it. get Nike and Levi nope. shit, man. No, no you way. didn't. No, no you, you didn't. did not. And my brother and I pooled the, the second half of the money that we had. So we bought a BB, BB gun and a bow and arrow, the first firearm which yes. he ever owned we used from our hog money. Daisy <laughs> Crossman, baby, 30, 40 pumps and shoots oh, barrels. Oh, man, like and I shot my man. brother in the gut with it once, too. Oh, my God. Well, that's tradition. We used to I do probably the, don't want to continue. No, we, we, <laughs> they frown we were, on that. We were pretty irresponsible. We'd take the air. We'd shoot bow and arrow up in the air, and then we'd see who would chicken yeah. out by moving it for it hit the ground. Yeah, I used to do that all the time with my first bow. I'd shoot it straight up in the air, and you try oh, get yeah. out of the way as it came yeah. down. But without broadhead, just field tips. So I did that all That's the time. That's exactly yeah, well, right. That's just exactly that. right. A field tip goes right in here next to your collarbone. Could be you, pretty you, devastating. You, it was like one of those recurves. It wasn't a compound. It's still so, a lot of kinetic energy. But it was oh. super fun. Yeah. It was super fun. You see if you can come down and almost Yeah, but your, pet, your pets never know that. Our dog never knew where it was coming. And we just like one time it was really close. Oh, <laughs> I, well, I, it's funny. My brother and I were out shooting our bows and it hit a 
Frozen we do not endorse any of these stupid ideas. And, and just thank Arrow you for that took disclaimer. a hard right, <laughs> and the dog do was not over recommend there. or endorse. There Please we are. Do at not the try any did of you, these did you skewer things. the dog? Oh, we skewered the dog. We used to did do the dog in the Jurassic Shit. period in Iowa or Oregon. We're trying okay? to get the dog caught as it's got an arrow sticking out of its side. Did it penetrate the diaphragm, or was it just uh, in the? No, it was between the hide and the rib. Oh, so it was okay. It just had an infection. Yeah, but it was. It was like you know, you're you're 15 and 12, and you're like. Oh my God! You just shot Dad's dog. You're like that belt's gonna hurt tonight. <laughs> well, those are some pretty cool traditions, though, huh? <laughs> that that is crazy. So yeah, I mean, you you think about it. People all over the world have different traditions, and uh, it's my favorite thing is to hear people's story about what got them into hunting, and how my grandpa really did. He had he had tons of uh, Reinhardt stock. He had tons and tons of Outdoor Life magazines, Sports Field. And I used to read them all. The, I just couldn't get enough of them. And uh, um, I would always dream of it. And then my first real hunting piece of equipment was a bow I got for Christmas. And it was the uh, Bear um, Kodiak 2. And, and it had, like, leaf. It had, like, the, the steel things off the limbs. It was green laminate. Oh, yeah. with, and it didn't have right. the double wheels on the inside. It was the newer one with single wheels. And it pulled over. And it has a pl- it had a little plunger for the rest, and man, I tell you what, I was I was like, my God, I wanted to sleep with that thing. I was so happy. I couldn't believe I got a bow like that. Santa came that night, and I was like, holy smokes! And he also brought me a um, a book, a big thick green book with gold binding. It's called Fred Bear Field Notes, and uh, dude, changed my world. There you go. I, I, I couldn't even imagine. You said something that struck a chord. Speaking of this, it's taking me down memory lane. Uh, Pioneer Seed. Your grandpa was a Pioneer Seed salesman. So my neighbor, uh, Marv Cron, which you knew Mark because Mark played for Iowa. Yep, that's right. An amazing athlete, was supposed to be a, a pro uh, prospect. He lived uh, directly across the road. He was, he was the guy I looked up to, right? I remember driving to school in his 1955 Chevy, uh, and I oh, was thinking sweet. when I was a little guy, I was like, dude, this guy's the coolest <laughs> Ever and uh, anyway, and he was a big guy, six foot five. You know, I mean, he, I mean, he set the, all the high school records. Anyway, his dad w- would have a seed contract with Pioneer, and he gave me a Pioneer ball cap, and I'll never forget it. it was John Deere green with that gold lettering on it, it said Pioneer with the little. Oh, I remember those. The logo. I had one. Oh man, I thought I was the coolest. On planet Earth, wearing that thing, man. Oh, I did too. I remember. I had the Iowa Bend all set up. So, so I was like, Pioneer Dude. Seed is the equivalent of the Western people's king rope hats. Yeah, probably. Probably yeah. right. Yeah, that's that's probably right. You know what? Yes, because there wasn't Pioneer Seed hats that you saw around nope, here. Nope, nope. much king ropes. Different agricultural uh, yeah. dichotomy. Yeah, one ranch. Yeah, there's not a lot farming. of bucking horse champions out of Denver, Iowa. No, Waverly, not, Iowa, not, there's more now than there was back then. More yeah, than, but yeah. I will tell you this: there was a PBR rider out of Hillsboro, Wisconsin, where I used to go. Uh, my uncle was, and his name was last name was Schumacher. And he won the PBR from Hillsboro, Wisconsin, well, and he was the same age. This ages. has changed a lot, though. Now, I mean, it. I mean, even now, well, PBRs. Are, yeah, yeah. I mean, now it's not so much cowboy towns that are, you don't have to come from a cowboy town. Extreme sports guys yeah. are attracted to oh, bull, yeah. bull run. But I was, you know, where we grew up, because um, the Waverly Sale Barn had a huge horse, draft horse and everything. They did. I remember and going there. And that was big. Uh, the, uh, horse country was big where we were at. I mean, sure was. You know, a lot of horses. 
And so, and uh, you know, my my dad liked to play in that circle, so it was yep. uh, it was interesting. So yeah, yep. well, but this is cool. Memory yeah, it was, it was memory lane for Thanksgiving. Hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. It's hard to believe. Yeah, uh, another we're getting, year we're wrapping up the year. Well, hey, all you listeners, we appreciate it. Um, I I got to tell you, just a quick reminder. Okay, application season is on us, and this is kind of a little impromptu thing. But we were just talking about this. We're going into busy season. I, I just want to give a big shout out if you're listening. COVID is killing uh, occupancy in hunting camps. <laughs> is that, would that be a good way of saying it? Uh, it's, yeah, there's no occupancy. Vacancy. It's killing vacancies. It's killing vacancies. It's creating a no occupancy, right. yeah. uh, you know, in most of these camps. Right. It's, I'm Especially sorry. domestic it, camps. Yeah, it, it, Only it, domestics. Yeah, it, it is. because Foreign people, stuff, there's always room now. Th- there's, there's always room. Everybody if thought Canada would be filled up for five. Well, people are pissed off at Canada. They don't want to get jabbed. Da, 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 da. Um, Mexico, they're worried about Mexico. But I'm telling Mexico's you. Mexico's open without the jab. Yeah, they are, but people are still reluctant with cartel and everything going on down there so and and i'm not endorsing or not endorsing any of those two states all we are saying here at rolling bones is what we're seeing is it is absorbing up the vacancies in these hunts are going fast there's no room at the end is what i'm telling you if you don't get in there registered early and so if you and there's a lot of die-offs honestly right now with some of the deer the central dakotas the central dakotas which would be montana wyoming north dakota and south dakota which would be the original Dakota Territory, right? Is that right? Yes. Um, the Central Dakotas, with those four states, have suffered an immense die-off. But I'd say Wyoming, Montana is worth in the Dakotas actually themselves. Mm, uh, right here, Dakotas are affected. And, you know, I have, I have a, one of my friends and clients out of uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. He just wrote. He said he has almost a hundred percent die off on all his whitetails around his property, his little ranch. It's up been in the hills. tough. So, this, so that's you know related to the drought in particular. Yeah, so you're right. It's it's everywhere. So so my point is, with all of the things, all the stars aligning, if you're looking for a hunt, let's make sure you get a hold of us fast. The other thing is application strategies. It, this is it's going to affect some of where you should apply, how you should apply. You need to get a hold of us. It's going to well, require more points. So the longer you wait, the worse off you're going to be. It's the longer you wait, the worse off you're going to be. Probably this would be a good time to get a little more uh, prognosticating and getting long-term plans. Okay, I need I need something for this year coming up and I need something for next year because so many of these camps are full. So many of these places are going to get hard to get into, hard to get tags uh, because of the because of the hunters getting rolled over too. And there's states also, that here's another caveat to that. And that's a great point, Brad. And and that role keeps absorbing more and more yep. um, space uh, at these camps. The other thing is is there's more and more and more states going to a draw right. because as the hunting pressure and the hunting uh, the, the commodity of hunting out west is becoming more and more limited. These other states are seeing more and more hunters and people traveling to it. And now they're looking at, okay, we're going to have to limit this. We're going to have to manage our resources. We're going to have to draw. And there's a huge spike up in hunting again because of traditions. People want to go back. They want to, you know what, um, I and saw. They want to be able to get some red meat on their table yep, or I just wild read, game. Okay, I'm going to get my own. Yeah, I'm not. I okay. want organic I, protein. Right, I can't. I can't. You can't even buy. I mean, there was a big chunk of time where you couldn't buy meat at the grocery store. There, it seemed like it was toilet paper and meat. It, it it's 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 tough. Well, one of the things that's interesting, South Dakota was letting you turn your tags back in this year. Montana, people were canceling hunts. 
But and you know what? In South Dakota, still killed in a. Well, I mean, we at the butcher shop have had a record year. But uh, deer, deer coming out of South Dakota have been better quality than the ones coming out of I would Southeast say so. Montana. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, Eastern Montana. But I will super tell you this: right the, the, the deer size of the frames on our uh, leases and where we hunt is down. Oh, significant. And, and I just talked to a guy who spent 11 years. He lives in Arizona. He got drawn on the Kaibab. Took him 11 years and. He shot what he said one of the biggest deer that he saw was a high 170s. He said the deer size are down to 15 to 20 inches probably on the on the Kaibab and the Strip. Tracy and, and Shannon, I was just talking to Tracy this weekend. Shannon had a Nevada tag after 22 years of drawing, and she killed a nice buck. It was heavy horn, but it was so hard hunting. It was so down. Yeah. And then he went to Colorado, found a good buck. But it's just it's, this has the, been an off year. The mountains have been good because even a drought in the mountains, there's still rain. There's still, right. still water coming out of the, yeah. from the from the. That's the thing mountain. about the ranch that, that we hunt on. There's moisture. Lots of moisture on that ranch. Your, your South Dakota that. ranch. Yeah. yeah. But and your Montana ranch, no. No, it's basically clay and, and, and crusted now oil. Now, we killed one six-year-old buck, and, and, you know, I just, you know, I would say, yeah, it's the only six-year-old buck we've seen. It's just, it's it's decimated. It's bad. So, um, but, yeah. So, my, my, I think that we, 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 I just want to implore you to get a hold of us. I think Brad's right. You need to have a strategy. And um, if you're out there listening to this right now, it's as easy as picking up the phone and saying, hey, I need help. Um, get a hold of me. Big shout out to Ben in uh, um, Australia. Um, had a conversation. I love his accent. Love your accent, Ben. Uh, happy Thanksgiving from the United States. Thanks for calling in the other day. We are working hard to make sure we help you find what you're looking for over there in Wyoming. And uh, um, and if you want to call back in and talk to uh, any of these guys, uh, please do. But Ben, give us a call. You know, you give us a shout after this, and uh, um, and we encourage you to do the same thing. It's as easy as picking up the call, uh, a phone, and giving us a call 605-644-8000. Um, I will tell you this: we have some fantastic opportunities still available, um, but there's a lot of interest in a lot of areas. I would get your plan. I would get in early. I would start getting your application strategy put together, and it's never too late. Um, now is the time. And if you have kids, get your kids some points. You know, um, that's what I would say. So. On that note, um, uh, we appreciate you listening, okay? Uh, you can find us anywhere you find podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, all of them. Give us a review. Tell us what you think. If you have something that you would like us to talk about, give us a shout. We are going to do um, a podcast coming up on ballistic effects on animals, we have a ton of information and data that we've gathered this year, and we've tried a couple new calibers, and we'd like to tell you what uh, what we're finding from those new calibers out there hunting. And uh, Sasquatch is shooting an uber small caliber, and it is Super ass. funny because Sasquatch, <laughs> he wasn't sure about that for a while. Uh, well, I shot a 22-250 forever, but this little gun, when we when we had that little can on it with a 17-inch, it kicked as bad as uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 was like, it, it, it was like, why do this? Yeah, there, were, there was too much pressure. There's always a give and take, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. right? But we've, we've cracked the code on that. Dude, that's just a sweet the little Da Vinci rifle. Code. So, again, subscribe to Hunt the World wherever you get your podcast. You'll find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many other locations. Leave us an honest rating review. It'll help other people find us. Uh, find us and refer us to somebody, please, if you like this. And uh, we sure love helping. Thank you so much for uh, um, everything this last year uh, so far. You know, we've just been blessed to have had so much 
uh, involvement in a lot of hunters' lives, and it's great seeing the success. Uh, email us at info at rollingbonesoutfitters.com, info at rollingbonesoutfitters.com, or go to rollingbones.com and hit the um, hit the button that says contact us. It's an orange button. It's anywhere. It'll prompt you to go right to uh, leave us an email. Send us your pictures. If you've killed something cool, we want to see that. So until next week, stay safe, be healthy, and happy hunting.